0: Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris. I'm joined by Matt, and this is season three, episode six, the big one. <laughs> the big one. Why is it the big one, well, Chris? Well, it's big because we've got a mega superfan this time, and a super band, a, a mega band, and a mega fan, biggest superfan we've ever had. I think he's. I think he's the biggest superfan we've ever had. Yeah, he holds a Guinness World Record. He's seen more shows than anyone. I've ever heard of. Uh, yeah, won't give too much else away, but it's a it's a fantastic interview. It's a really good interview. What, what's the band?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, we're in suspense. The band is... Oh, do you know what? are you drinking? I haven't even opened my drink yet. Uh, I've got a bit of fruit tea. something Something nice and chilled. Oh, you
0: wild man. I've got a ginger beer and I haven't cracked it yet. So three seasons of this show and I don't think we've ever cracked anything on air. So listen to this. Oh, wow.
1: That sounds super refreshing. Oh, yeah. Um, the band is Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You had to say that with a big gulp of... <laughs> ginger beer. Tesco's yeah. no added sugar ginger beer. Oh, yuck. Dude. <laughs> alcohol free, I guess. Yeah, alcohol free. Yeah, it's just ginger. It's just minging, dude. Minging. You don't like ginger beer? No, I love ginger beer, but it's got to have sugar and it's got to have alcohol. You're not drinking ginger beer for the sugar. You're drinking it for the ginger. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Give you, it a shot. You... I genuinely
0: don't mind this. The, the Tesco has no added sugar. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, dude. <laughs> this I'm not, I'm this podcast convinced. has taken a turn. Iron Maiden <laughs> yeah. have um, have a, a number of different beers. Have you ever tried an Iron Maiden beer? No, but I'm really tempted. I always see them in the supermarkets. Dude, I, I've never seen them in the supermarkets, but I don't drink,
1: so I don't look for, for beers uh are they, are they pretty common? Uh I just always see them there. Uh I think the one's called the Trooper. That's right, yeah. And um I always see like box sets of different beers uh, that you can get like around Christmas time or like Father's Day. I see oh, awesome. those as well. Yeah, it's amazing. Um and the, the amount of merchandise these guys have got is it's astronomical, isn't it? Uh yeah, it really is. It's it's out of control. It's... Yeah. <laughs> but they've 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 got um in the UK, they've got uh, postage stamps now. Have they really? I did not yeah. know that. Yeah,
0: they've postage taken stamps. a very different.
1: They've, they've kind of taken a different angle towards
0: towards their branding though, because it's not when when you say oh they've got you know memorabilia on a different level to a lot of other bands. Um, you know, some of the angles they've taken are a proper like business avenues, like with the beer, uh, with the video games, um, the pinball machines. Yeah. It's really like you know, these are. These are offshoots of, of our brand, not just this is stuff with Iron Maiden's name on it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They So they totally own it, don't they? they Absolutely. They get yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting. Um,
1: away from Iron Maiden for a bit, what's been going on with you music-wise? I've been listening to a band called Power Glove. Oh, hello. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds sexy, but it's not really. Um, They are an instrumental power metal band. Uh, do, you know, do you know what a Power Glove is? No. Do, do you remember? They're, they were basically like, a, like a, a, a weird game controller from Nintendo in the 80s. Oh, right. No, i never so, heard of it. So that's what they're named after. But uh, they, they're they basically a bunch of nerds. So they do TV show theme tunes, like cartoons, and video game music. Uh, so they've done, like, Inspector Gadget, Power Rangers, Pokemon, you know, those sort of themes. Mm um things from the mega man games and mortal Kombat, and uh yeah so it's it's, it's power metal so they sound kind of like dragon force that sort of style um i i found them because uh i was was just looking up disney music like heavy metal disney music as Mm. i do and they they do a cover of under the sea with the singer from dragon force mark hudson (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great fun it's really good uh i really like these guys i just they're just they're just a laugh i love them yeah and and i looked on wikipedia and there is actually a genre of music called nintendo core that doesn't surprise me yeah it doesn't yeah. surprise me but it's just it's just it's it's merging this sort of this sort of rock sound with um like electronic you know bleeps and blops and yes video gamey sounds you know yeah so yeah i love these guys mm, that sounds pretty cool um yeah i'm just looking at the power glove the actual power glove not
0: the band power glove oh, yeah. although they are linked on wikipedia
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it says if you're looking for the australian electronic music duo see power glove um, oh, that's another that's another band as well yeah oh is that a different power glove that's a different power glove oh yeah. you're looking at the american band power glove oh yeah yeah the the, the rock band. Gotcha. Big- yeah. yeah, yeah, so the American band Power Glove are a Nintendo Core power metal band. Um, the Australian band Power Glove are a uh, synthwave cyberpunk band.
1: Yeah. You're going to
0: start listening to them now, aren't you?
1: I am now, yeah. yeah. I think they've they pro- just
0: got a space between the power and the glove. Correct, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the actual Power Glove, though, um, it, it couldn't look more 80s in that it is literally a Nintendo controller
1: glued to your arm. Yeah. Well <laughs> oh, there's, no, there's no other functionality. Yeah, I know. It's it's like I mean how how can you even wear that? How can you even use it? It's, it's wild. Just, it's just bonkers. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I've done I've been listening to nothing that that
0: far out. Um yeah, I've been I've been listening to all sorts of stuff really, but I don't have anything that I'm I'm gonna absolutely rave about. What I haven't listened to yet is Paramore's latest album, which just came out. So I'm quite excited to listen to that at some point, just haven't got around to it. Um this last week, I've been listening to a bit of Supergrass, uh, mm-hmm. some Cheryl Crow. Funnily enough, I've never really Fun- given Cheryl Crow the time of day. Funnily
1: enough, yeah, uh, I, I just like uh, I don't know why. Do you do you like Cheryl Crow? No, I, I, I to be honest, I, I maybe just because I haven't listened to her albums, just mm. just her song, uh, singles, but I, I, just find her the most blandest, averagest kind of songwriter I've ever heard. Mm. Well, yeah, I always just... kind
0: of felt she was intruding. Like I always felt like on the radio stations I was listening to when I was a kid, and the circles that I was listening to when I was a kid, whenever Show Crow popped up, I just thought, "What are you doing here? This isn't your, this isn't yeah, your yeah. scene." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, I, th- I think she's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's it's pop rock, but it's like it's it's good stuff. Like it's it's good fun, easy listening stuff, and and she's got some she's got some banging shins. So yeah, give her a, give her a shot now. You're a bit older now. All right, I'll give her a shot. I'll give her a shot. Radioheads, the Benz, been listening to that um, last couple of days. Good album. I'd would never really listened to the Benz, to be honest. I, I think the only album I ever owned growing up was Kid A, and mm-hmm. Kid A is not a great introduction to Radiohead because it's like the, the the furthest off the deep end, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, the Bends is, is is a lot rockier, and
1: yeah, it's a good it's a good record. It's a good record. Um, yeah. I have been binging eighties uh, Prince. Um, of course you have. Shows on YouTube Of course I have <laughs> <laughs> Just Just Sometimes I just like uh, I need to watch A master You know Makes sense Yeah Makes sense And, and uh, The band The revolution They were So unbelievably tight Like not just in the way They play their songs But How they dance as well Like they just Come out of all these You know They're spinning around and around And Going back and forth And, and they're, they're like One mind You know, but that's Prince's Mm -hmm. mind. So yeah, I love it. But I I did get a bit of a huff because I was looking for "Sign of the Times" concert on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and when you type in "Sign of the Times" on YouTube, it just comes up with like a hundred videos of Harry Styles. So oh, has he got a song or an album called "Sign of the Times"? Yeah, he's got his own song called "Sign of the Times." It's not even a cover, cheeky bugger. So it's just all Harry Styles, like oh, piss off.
0: Not yeah. happy. Not well, happy. it's a bit hard to avoid Harry Styles these days really isn't it? Yeah
1: yeah and the the Brits as well is tonight. That's Brits our, is tonight yeah that's a less sexy version of the Grammys <laughs> Yeah yeah did you um, so yes it, it's um it's tonight a few, a few things on the
0: Brits. So did you see the um did you see the kind of controversy or well, it's not really infant controversy it was just like people were annoyed about it to do with the um Artist of the Year award. No, or oh, Brit- British British like... Artist of the Year award. So basically, until last year, until 2022, they had two, they had two awards: Male Artist of the Year and, and Female British Artist of the Year. And at uh, last year's ceremony, they announced that they're abolishing that and they're just going to have British Artist of the Year because, yeah, we don't see male and female as different. Whatever you have, you have one one category. But then <laughs> when they announced the uh, when they announced the nominees for this year. It's like it's seven guys. There is not a single woman. Oh really? Oh wow, that's embarrassing. So, uh, so people weren't too chuffed about that. So, uh, yeah, Um, equality. But then, but then the argument is, but you know, if the
1: (laughs) (laughs) what's the argument, Chris? Well, I guess, I
0: guess. So, okay, I looked into it right because I wanted to know how did they come? How did they get come up with that? Right. Um, Mm. So I looked into how. Um, how they come up with the nominees. And it's it's a bit easier to figure out than, than the Grammys. We, you know, we've tried to look into the Grammys before and it's a little bit vague. But um, yeah. I found quite a bit of information about the Brits. So the Brits, I, I, I'm going to get the terminology wrong, but basically they take all the albums of the year. This is British, by the way. This is British Artist of the Year. Mm. Um, Blighty. And then they have a panel of a thousand people. And those 1,000 people are made up of uh, industry professionals. Uh, they include all the people that won the previous year. So everyone that won an award in last year's Brits. Um, and the mm. industry professionals includes um, artists, uh, what have they said? Uh, artists, producers, um, promoters, all sorts of areas of the industry. And those 1,000 people all vote on the, on the full spectrum. For all of those, uh, for all the different awards, right? Yeah, and then from that they take the top, whatever it is, five, six, seven—I can't remember how many—they have in, as, as the nominees, and they become the nominees. So there is a thousand people voting across a massive range of, of records. So I mean, thousand... you'd, you'd need to have a thousand people all biased towards male artists to be able to say, "Oh, well, you know, you're, you're biased." But it's, you know, the, the Brit Awards aren't biased. That you
1: might say the panel of industry professionals that they've put together. Um. I mean, a thousand people does seem like quite a good number. I mean, it's, it's quite large. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I like that the, the previous winners take part in that. I mean, that seems a little bit Uh, I don't know. Like, like it's, it's about your best mates, that sort of thing. Maybe, yeah, but I guess that's, that's quite a small
0: port. If there's a thousand people voting, last year's winners aren't going to make up that many of them. Um, no, so say, but, it's got um, it here. It's, it says the Academy, which is the the official charts voting academy. The Academy is made up of a thousand people um, involved in the music industry, including labels, publishers, managers, agents, and artists who were nominated or won awards in the previous year. Regulated
1: by the Electoral Reform Services.
2: Hmm.
0: So they, you know yeah. it's pretty
1: proper. It's not. It's not. A, it's not yeah. a big joke. You just. You, yeah. No. You just. You just wonder though if it's if it's labels and um, promoters if they are trying to promote when <laughs> by by voting for people, you know? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like uh award ceremonies in general. Like it just it just doesn't have any reflection on on what I like and what a lot of people like, so I don't really listen to it.
0: Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's fair. But by the way, you mentioned you were you were on YouTube a lot recently, watching videos of um Prince Mm. talking about YouTube I've been a little bit addicted to this YouTube channel lately when I'm working um, which is called lo-fi girl and it's just a constant it's a it's a live stream. It, it's called a live stream I don't think it's a live stream um it's a constant stream of lo-fi chill hip-hop mm. beats and see it's it. really it's really good to work to. Uh, but I see it you see it? Yeah, yeah and she's got, it says live but actually she's got like three or four different channels live at the same time yeah. <laughs> some showing like hip hop beats some showing just like ambient stuff and they, um but it's great for if you're working or you just need to focus uh but it does you know i think the term lo-fi is misused these days and i'm also not 100% certain people know what lo-fi is when they go That's... oh i'm really into lo-fi <laughs> what's your definition of lo-fi well, lo-fi is, is low fidelity, isn't it? It's, it's lower quality than than hi-fi, and so yeah, I get I get that people like the the rawness of having lower fidelity sound. I get that, but when you just have some chill beats with a little bit of scratching on in the background, and they go, "Yeah, I'm really into lo-fi," beat, like that's not. It's, i don't know you've just tried to gentrify lo-fi
1: <laughs> that was that was my definition of lo-fi what just having some scratching the scratching in the background <laughs> not just scratch not just scratching but like you know it's it's very sort of sub bassy and very chilled and just sounds like everyone's yeah but there you go because you said chill you know and i think yeah, that's the just... misconception like there's
0: nothing there's nothing that has to be chill about about lower fidelity sound does
1: it well, no, I never really thought much about the, the, the terminology, to be honest.
0: So do you think that lo-fi is a particular sound of music rather than a quality of the sound?
1: I think when people uh, write music and they say, I've written some lo-fi, they are referring to, generally speaking, um, a certain kind of, it's like a subgenre, isn't it? It's like a very chilled out instrumental hip hop.
0: Yeah, but I, but I think that's... I think I think people have gone off on a weird tangent there and I, I don't like it. You don't like it? Well, I you could like just call it. that you know, chill hip-hop, couldn't you?
1: Like, why do you have to call it lo-fi?
0: Cause if it's, it's cool. if it's no longer
1: about the sound quality. I don't know, because it's cool. L-O-F-I, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, you had your rant. I'll check out Lo-Fi Girl. Yeah, Lo-Fi Girl's good for for, for working and and for
0: focusing. I recommend it. Excellent. I think we'll end it there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Iron Maiden are a British heavy metal band from East London. They were formed in 1975 by Steve Harris on bass, uh, Paul Day on vocals, Dave Sullivan and Terry Rance on guitar, and Ron Matthews on drums. After five years of pub gigs and lineup changes, they released their self-titled debut album in 1980 with Paul Diano on vocals, Dave Murray and Dennis Stratton on guitar, and Cliff Burr on drums. The debut was an immediate success, reaching number 4 in the UK charts and putting Iron Maiden on the map right out the gates. Success continued and they made their first UK number 1 in 1982 with their third studio album, The Number of the Beast. This record saw the arrival of vocalist Bruce Dickinson and the departure of drummer Cliff Burr. Bruce Dickinson continued with the band for every subsequent album bar 1995's The X Factor and 1998's Virtual 11. In total, the band has had 23 members and 13 different lineups. To date, they've released 17 studio albums and 13 live albums With their most recent being 2022's Senjutsu, which topped the charts in 34 countries and reached number two in the UK. Did you know it was that successful?
1: I had no idea it was that successful. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it being in the shops. Just, yeah, quite impressed, actually. Insane. The band's mascot, Eddie, has been on
0: the cover of every album since Iron Maiden's debut and most of the singles as well. He appears on stage with them and is almost as loved by fans as much as the members themselves. Gibson have referred to him as the most recognisable metal icon in the world. Alongside Eddie, Iron Maiden's stage shows are renowned for their theatrics, inflatables and pyrotechnics. Iron Maiden are widely considered one of the biggest and most influential names in heavy metal. Their list of awards and commercial achievements is almost unrivalled and they have a phenomenal fan base the world over. Most importantly of all, they show no signs of stopping.
1: How's that? Was that good? That was good, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Love it. C- crazy history. So it's like I started trying to write a chrono- chronological history, but so like every sentence is oh and then on this album so and so left and so and so joined. Like so many lineup changes constantly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that's that's a lot of members. 23 that's like uh, <laughs> it's like blazing squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. look, look them up if you don't know who they are. Um oh. But yeah, yeah. This oh, there's, I love these guys. Absolutely love them. Um, and I, I don't think I know any f- rock fans who don't like them. Mm. They just, they're just universally loved. I think. I, I didn't realize until looking into them for, for, for this,
0: how commercially successful they are. Like every single album, they, they've never done a dud. Like mm. for for yeah. a band that's released so much music, and every single album they've released has, I think every album's been top ten in the UK. Um. Which is amazing in itself, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, other countries uh, as well. Like you know, in in more recent years, they're they're getting number ones in you know
1: 10, 20, 30 countries at a time. Like it's it's insane. They've got mm-hmm. such a massive fan base. Yeah, And they, they had a number one single in the UK in the nineteen ninety two. They did, yes, yeah. Bring your daughter to the slaughter. That's right. Yeah, we talked <laughs> we'll about forget. that on our on our nineteen ninety one uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. When did you um, first hear about Iron Maiden? What's your history? Oh, just you just grow up knowing that they exist because cause their album covers are so iconic, you know. Um, people wear their t-shirts and we listen to Kerrang! We watch Kerrang! on TV. We looked at Kerrang! magazine and Iron Maiden's just always there. So uh, I've listened to a lot of their stuff and I love them, absolutely love them i i've never seen them but um there's always a chance because they just don't stop touring <laughs> yeah and i don't know how old i mean how old are they now them let's have a quick look at some ages
0: so steve harris uh who obviously started the band and is the i think he's the only member
1: who has been on every um yeah he's every the, release he's the main songwriter anyway isn't he he's the main songwriter yeah, yeah. and
0: he's 66 now
1: So he's not not a spring chicken, yeah. They're all mid-60s. Nico McBrain, the drummer, is 70. Wow. Good on you, Nico. Yeah. Well, I I guess when you're drumming for so long, it just keeps you young, doesn't it? (laughs) It does, it. I don't know. It's like going to the gym every day. Is that what drumming is known for? Uh, If
0: you want to to stay fresh. (laughs) In my mind, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's super impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a massive history with Iron Maiden. I did so when I was probably like fourteen or something. Like most people that first got into Iron Maiden, I picked up Number of the Beast purely because of the artwork. I yeah. didn't know anything by them. I did know the name because how can how can you not? I knew the name Iron Maiden, but I didn't know their music. But yeah, I just saw the cover for Number of the Beast, and I thought I need I need to listen to this band. These guys are obviously they're rock and roll. yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. oh yeah, gotcha. I mean um, their, their their album covers, just yeah, all, all their artwork is just so cool, just beautiful. Um, maybe not Dance of Death. That looks a bit of shit. <laughs> that looks like it was done on Microsoft Paint. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of them, they, they look epic. You know, every picture is so, yeah, I love it. Just, just got so much uh, character. You know, and the, and they have, they have um the Eddie that's on the front cover join them on stage you know mm. so they've, they've had lots of different eddies um in different costumes you know they've got like a cyborg Eddie and a, a samurai Eddie and a uh, well, like a cowboy Eddie, isn't it as well
0: yeah they've got like a um like a, a wartime
1: Eddie as well they've got a uh, um, egyptian eddy it's like they thought it through like it's a collectible thing like there's an eddy for every person <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: so uh, yeah i never i never really well i've definitely never owned another i made album
0: other than number of the beast unfortunately um but yeah can't you can't avoid them they're, they're not a band that i've uh, ever been able to avoid over the last 30 years <laughs> so no way No way. Um, yeah they're everywhere and they're, they're legends they're yeah exactly they're legends they're, they're part of music history
1: and uh like these guys they've got such great com- camaraderie on stage you know like they're having yeah. so much fun and look at each other like yeah we're best mates and they sound as good as if not better uh live compared to the recordings I think you, you watch any live recording of them it's just incredible you know great shows and um the audience are going nuts you know they ridiculously huge uh crowds all over the world
0: yeah yeah insane crowds insane like the just to talk about the fan base I mean that the, they've got such a phenomenal fan base all over like you say all over the world but they they constantly gig they constantly gig all over the world like there's just don't stop Mm. um they don't stop releasing music and they don't stop touring like i don't know how they get a chance to do stuff like release beers and develop video (laughs) games and stuff i don't know where they're finding this time it's insane how unproductive do you feel right now i know it makes me
1: feel really bad really bad yeah me too uh
0: yeah, so so we ended up getting so many emails from Iron Maiden fans, all set, sa- all saying like, "Yeah, you know, we're super fans with these these mega fans," but but one stood out, and that was Rasmus from from Denmark, and so yeah, I spoke to Rasmus c- a couple of days ago, and yeah, mega fan, so, so take a listen.
2: first time I saw uh, some Iron Maiden and and later the the first thing I heard with Iron Maiden uh, uh, I was uh, around eight years old and I saw this uh, photocopy of uh, the monster Eddie that's (laughs) on all the Iron Maiden covers of course and uh, as an eight year old kid I thought oh that's awesome he looked really cool and, and scary and I took this photocopy and put it in my room and a few weeks later my big brother's best friend Brought the very really first uh, I made LP uh, down to our house because he didn't have the record player and we had, so they put it on. But my brother and his friend didn't like it. But I saw the cover and I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take that record and I put it in my room." And, uh, and I was hooked when I, uh, I listened to the music. And so it, it was a, a combination of uh, looking at it, the Monster and then uh, the, the heavy metal music. Uh, I was already listening to a bit of rock music because of my dad. He was listening to uh, Jimi Hendrix and Backman, Turnover uh, Overdrive and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, I was used to that, the hard rhythm, but uh, Iron Maiden just had had something else. And uh, yeah, from there, I, I never looked back.
0: So is that when when the self-titled album came out? That was right back when they started?
2: I think it was the year after. I think it's around 81. Uh, wow. It, So, uh, yeah.
0: So, if you were were eight years old then, it must have been a a good few years before you ever managed to see them,
2: right? Yeah, I first saw them live in uh, 1988. Okay. Uh, That was the first time I got the opportunity to go in and and see them live in in Denmark. And, uh, uh, yeah, of course, I'm kicking myself now, not going to see them on on some of the other tours that were in Denmark, but I didn't think of it... uh, back then going to a live gig it was it was not that that big a thing uh, yeah that it became <laughs> yeah. and
0: then since since then i know i know the answer because you said it in your email but how, how many shows have you have you been to since then
2: uh, I, I don't count anymore we stopped after uh, around uh, 200 and something but uh, i'm getting close to 300 uh, gigs with Maiden. so
0: that's wild
2: yeah, but I have friends, uh, good friends, that have seen them uh, way over three hundred times. So uh, really, I'm, I'm just a rookie.
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that a rookie. I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone in three seasons of this show that's been to that many. Um, yeah, that many shows from. Uh, I also their think favorite band.
2: Uh, we are very really, really lucky we choose Iron Maiden as a band because they just keep on touring. Right. Yeah. They, they go on forever, so when it, it's It's very few years since 1980. You can take out a year where Iron Maiden didn't tour. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're we're really lucky to see our favorite band live.
0: So do you you have um, friends locally who are also as into Iron Maiden, or is it just people that you've met over the years from going to so many gigs?
2: Uh, My best friend that I I grew up with is also a big Iron Maiden fan. Mm. So uh, when we were kids, we we had a little bit of competition who could get the most cool stuff with Iron Maiden. (laughs) Wow so it has always been there and, and of course then you grew up and and people around you uh, you want to to find friends that listen to the same kind of music and have the same lifestyle as, as yourself so uh, of course uh, later on I, I started traveling the world uh, uh, being in different fan clubs uh, around the world uh, getting to to learn about people so uh, Know and 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 so now I've I can say uh, I have uh, I'm in friends all over the world uh, really good friends and it doesn't matter if it's in uh, Japan or Africa, the US, Canada, uh, it's all over. Mm.
0: That's awesome. Where's the most remote place you've been to for an Iron Maiden gig?
2: I don't know, that's it's a hard one, maybe uh, I don't know. South Korea was fun and rare, a rare place, but I've been in uh, Bali, uh, Indonesia, China, uh, yeah, I don't know, all over Europe, yeah. all over South America. Uh, yeah.
0: And is all that normally Europe. from, is that normally when you're traveling or have you actually left Denmark on a specific journey to go to somewhere like Korea just to see, just to see Iron Maiden?
2: I always go to see Iron Maiden if they play a new uh, play a new uh, place a new country. Oh really? <laughs> of, of course, I'm on there right away. And uh, but then of course I take my time. Mostly it's uh, take a week off and, and go to explore the country if I have the time to do it. So uh, so it's not only going to see Iron Maiden. Uh, it's actually also going to see see the country, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but but that's the cool part of this. They, everybody said, oh, it's it's the same settlers that play. On the same tour but it's not the same if you see uh, the same gig on tour in Japan and compare it to uh, let's say Argentina Mm. it's completely different and I love both so it's uh, it's just fun to experience how the fans react to the band and how the band reacts to the fans so
0: So do you you notice that difference because you've obviously seen audiences in lots of different countries do you notice the difference between the fans in in Japan and the fans in Argentina
2: yeah 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 for sure for sure like in, in, in argentina where people will camp outside the the venue a week or 14 days before the gig <laughs> really? just to be up front where in japan everybody is uh, uh, clapping between the numbers and are so polite that they don't even throw any garbage on the floor it's uh, <laughs> it, it's crazy the difference but they're all i mean right and uh, just the love for the music it's uh, yeah
0: Now, you said that you were awarded a superfan status from the band. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I maybe started the the superfan thing back in uh, the World Slavery Tour in in 84. Uh, I think it was uh, some fans from Chicago who followed the band around on the whole US tour. And they got their uh, special tour t-shirt and special tour jackets from the band saying Chicago Mutants uh, fan group. And... uh, they actually gave them a pass so they didn't have to buy a ticket to the show because they used so much of their money to travel around to see the band that the band said, oh, we're going to give something back. So they they did this to say thank you to this fan group. But that thing kept on going. So if they sh- noticed uh, uh, some fans traveling a lot to see them, they actually took them aside and gave them this, uh, this fan pass so they had uh, a chance to see even more gigs. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, one of the lucky ones getting one of those passes. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a cool thing. But sadly, it all ended uh, in uh, around 2006 because some uh, security guys didn't recognize the pass and there was a fight. And, uh, mm. yeah, they said, oh, they don't, got, they don't want to bother with uh, a lot of problems with that. So they stopped it. But, but it, it was a cool thing back then.
0: And how did they facilitate that? Did you get picked out at a show?
2: Yeah, I was. Uh, I got uh, invited backstage in uh, in Denmark, and, uh, and I got the pass, and uh, I met some of the band members. And, uh, yeah, awesome. It was, <laughs> it was. It was really awesome because, uh, especially that gig, I actually invited my mom and dad for the first time to an Iron main gig, and uh, uh, since they have been uh, so supported of my fandom all all over the years uh, Mm. i thought oh it could be fun actually to take them to an iron Maiden gig so they could see what it really was about of course they like the music because they have heard me play it every day in my whole childhood but uh, they have never been to the show and really experienced how the band is on stage and that is something special uh, i have to say as a fan with iron maiden is it's a live band you have to go to see them live because They are so
0: much more than just the music from the records. So, mm. although the you know the discography does help because you know we speak to so many, uh, we speak to a lot of fans that uh, are fans of artists that perhaps haven't released an album in 10, 20 years, and you're stuck with the same discography, and, and it's hard to imagine how you can maintain that kind of fandom over the years. But with Iron Maiden, you're just constantly, you're constantly blessed with a new record, really, aren't you? So you're you never. You're never just stuck with the same discography. you only got to wait a couple of years, and there'll be something else out.
2: <laughs> and so, to, it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but I think let's say i made and stopped in the in the nineties or in the eighties. They, they actually made some really iconic records. So I actually think they could pull it off still, having a lot of fans mm. just being big fans of those. Let's say the first eight or, or ten records with them. But but yeah, you're right. We are we are really lucky to get new material from the band. So. If you don't like one or two or three or five, then you just put some of all the other records. That's yeah. actually hard to choose sometimes. You go, oh, I want to listen to some Iron Maiden, but what should I put on? Uh, so many options.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like being into a whole genre, isn't it? you yeah. <laughs> have got that much to choose from. Do you have a favorite era?
2: Yeah, I have. I think uh, 83 for me. Uh, peace of mind uh, era was... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, that record is just uh, still when I put it on, I think that the the best time for me to listen to. I mean, but like, yeah, like I said, if you say, oh, what about '88 or what about uh, '2006? <laughs> I will go, oh yeah, that was really really great too.
0: Yeah, I mean, '83, you would have been uh, early teens. I think it's. I think most people when they're around that time, the music they were listening to then is pretty nostalgic.
2: For me it's also it's, it's not just the music uh, of course I'm a, a big fan of the music but I also a really big fan of uh, of Eddie uh, their monster yeah uh, as a big I Maiden fan but also as a collector I have filled up my house with uh, with iron maiden merchandise uh, and of course I started out as a eight year old only could I could only buy like a postcard or Uh, maybe a poster or a scarf or something but uh, but today I just buy everything I think looks cool on display and I have filled up around 250 square meters in my house with uh, only I made items so it's (laughs) like being in like a hard rock cafe only with I made items so uh, so I'm constantly looking at I made when I'm home and yeah it's 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 really becoming a big lifestyle for me. I think. Uh,
0: What's your most prized possession?
2: Oh, it's really hard. I have some uh, original artworks from uh, from my maiden, uh and I think that's the hardest thing. They're so unique, and and looking at the artwork in in real, like on the real artwork, compared to looking at the artwork on a print on the record. I know everybody loved looking at the, the records and looking at the art, but when you see the real artwork, it's so much better, so much more deep. And uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. But but it's hard because I I have uh, stage stage used uh, items. Uh, I have uh, right. uh, uh, clothes they have been wearing on stage. I have guitars, drum sets, uh, awards, personal awards, uh, statues I have so much stuff Uh, it's it's hard to pick Uh, it's it's more like a a unit I just love being surrounded by all this Iron Maiden it's uh, it's great so when I cannot go to a gig it's it's nice just to go home actually (laughs) wow
0: and did you get am I right in thinking you've uh, won a Guinness World Record
2: yeah it was actually uh, Danish TV at some point had heard that I had this big collection and they asked if they could come around and do a, a bit about uh, being a big uh, collector and I said yes sure. And then they asked me who had the biggest collection in the world and I was like I have no idea. Uh, uh, and then we uh, we tried to look it up and there was we could, we could not find anything. So I wrote to uh, Guinness Book World Records and uh, they said uh, we don't have anybody but we uh, if you want you can try to check the record i said okay how do we do it and they said uh, you need to have at least one thousand items i was like okay that should be easy so <laughs> i said I, I have i have that and uh, said i i actually have over one thousand framed items wow but they didn't but they said we don't have, like, a, a unit for that. You cannot apply for 1,000-frame items, but you can apply for 1,000 items. And they sent me this uh, starter pack with all the stuff you have to do and write and uh, get uh, vit- witnesses and stuff like that to to mm. apply to to get the record. And it took me half a year to uh, write it all up and take pictures and get witnesses and all that. Send it in, and in 2012, they sent me this certificate that I had the... The world record and it's still there
0: wow no one's no one's Sorry. tried to break it
2: yeah maybe but it's it has not been breaking I, I know there are collectors that have over that I think that's it's four thousand items it's it set back then and I, I have around 10,000 now and <laughs> 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 but it, I' have never applied again but uh, I actually thought at some point somebody would break it but maybe people just thought hey it was fun for the for the first guy who did it. Maybe not so much for the second guy who... Would it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was fun. It, it, it actually got a lot of uh, media attention. A lot of people uh, reached out to me. And I did a lot of interviews and TV. and really? Some metal magazines. And, and, and some uh, really nice people actually also sent me some cool stuff. Because they thought, hey, it has to be in this awesome collection. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. With a collection that size, you should consider uh, opening it up.
2: Yeah. Uh, Of course, uh, if people write me and uh, combine Denmark, I always invite people in. I have a lot of of visitors every year coming to see it. Awesome. Uh, But of course, at one point, I will do something. I'm not quite sure yet, but uh, I might open up a small bar or cafe or something uh, when I retire from my normal work. So, uh, yeah. At some point, it will be open up for, for everybody to see. So. Amazing.
0: Uh, and just just last thing on memorabilia, you've oh. got um, an Iron Maiden toilet.
2: <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's so funny when we have people coming in who, <laughs> who have not been here before, because normally you don't go to as a guest and take pictures of people's uh, toilet. Yeah. <laughs> people actually do it here because my... My toilet seat is uh, actually Eddie holding a, a toilet paper roll. And oh, wow. on the wall, it's actually Eddie as a mummy who holds the toilet paper <laughs> with lights <laughs> in his eyes and, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> was the toilet seat, did you purchase it or was it custom made?
2: It's uh, custom made from a guy in Germany. Wow. Uh, and the paper, uh, toilet paper holder, Eddie, is from in Mexico.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so when you... Went backstage to get your superfan pass. Was that the only time you've met the band?
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> I have. It was a silly question, inside. wasn't it? It was a silly question. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, of course, I, I often meet the younger fans who ask me how, how the chances are to meet the band. And yeah. then we give them some good advice to where they should uh, go if they really want to meet them. And, and of course, sometimes it's hanging out uh, in front of their hotels or going to the favorite bars or being at the right uh, building when they, visit, uh, when they go for an interview for media stuff and stuff like that. It's, it's, the more here you, uh, you are a fan, the more you learn what to do. And mm. today, it's, it's not that difficult. Uh, just uh, this summer, I made, played a, a festival in Copenhagen and uh, me and uh, my friend, we went in town to have something to eat. And then we saw Yannick uh, Giers uh, walking the streets so we just stopped the car and, uh, and went down and said hi and had a chat with him and uh, yeah they're, they're very down to earth guys so it's uh, it, it's always cool to meet the band members uh.
0: is there anyone from their history that you haven't met
2: see we are so lucky that we are different kind of uh, super fans with this iron maiden band some uh, are like me and some will only collect like say uh, videotapes or only collect uh, vinyls and then we have some some guys over in the UK who only collects like uh, uh, signatures from uh, all the band members and Mm. all the people who have been close to the band even before they start uh, doing records. So some of these guys they actually put together uh, like a meet and greet the, a couple of years ago where they invited all the old band members from I Maiden before they had a record deal. So all the guys from the 70s who oh, right. was only in the band maybe a week or a month. So they had like 10, 15 guys coming in jamming on stage at the Cardinal Horses who was uh, I Maiden's first uh, pop they played at yeah. in London. So they uh, went in there and we had a big party over there and met all the, the old band members. It was... Uh, it was, it was really really funny and wow so uh, i cannot say uh, i have actually met almost everyone who has been in the band of course uh, uh, yeah even uh, the guys who are not with us anymore i have been lucky to meet before they the died so uh, mm-hmm. yeah
0: so is there anything left for you to do that you that you wanted to do uh you know people you obviously know one you wanted to meet because you've met everyone is there any you know I don't know. Is, is there anything that you you've always wanted to do for for with Iron Maiden that you never got the opportunity to or you haven't got the opportunity to yet?
2: Oh, that's a hard question because I'm sure if you really think about it there must be something, but yeah, but now it, it's it's maybe that that thing about at one point opening up my own Iron Maiden bar where I can, can have all these uh, memorabilia on the walls and can uh, Talk about all the stories all the all the stuff i've uh, i've tried with this band and uh, just talking with other fans now we travel the world also just to see uh, iron maiden cover bands uh, play just to talk with other uh, iron maiden fans around the world right and it's uh, uh, yeah then it, it's only a couple of months then iron maiden will be back on tour and then we do it all over again it's it's a lifestyle are
0: there any cover bands that are um Really making some ripples and doing a good job and getting a following.
2: Ah, That's that some good ones, but of course uh, on Saturday, Accept will play in uh, Copenhagen, and they have uh, actually as a warm up kick they have the Iron Maidens, the US uh, girl yeah. Iron Maiden cover band. Yeah, they're, they're very good, aren't they? That's it. Yeah, and of course that girl. So it it will be it will be fun just to see a lot of guys standing there. And... Scream for some <laughs> it's, uh, it, it will be fun, but it, but uh, there there is a lot of cool uh, cool cover bands out there also because some of them really take this. Uh, it's not only the music; they also put in the whole Eddie show in and have uh, stage Eddies walking around. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's cool. Uh, as you can hear, I'm I'm also a big fan of Eddie. It's it's yeah. not just.
0: Uh, it's he's not a member of the band, band, band. isn't he?
2: Yeah, well, he is. Yeah the sixth or seventh member of the band. Yeah,
0: awesome. Now, um, for listeners who aren't super familiar with with Iron Maiden, could you give a a couple of sentences on what it is that's amazing about them and why everyone should be listening to Iron Maiden?
2: Well, I'm not the guy to tell what people should listen to and not to. I I actually (laughs) respect all people who actually have a hobby and uh, what band they listen to. I've never seen it as a competition who has the best band it's, it's really what you feel inside, but uh, but if you get the chance to go see Iron Maiden live, uh, I'm pretty sure you will like it, even if you don't like this type of music, you think it's too hard, then it's, uh, it's really an experience going to see Iron Maiden, because it's like a, a theater show when you go to see it, mm-hmm. there's so much going on, so you, I, I can promise you will never get bored on an Iron Maiden concert, and just feeling that energy, the band can provide to the audience then the audience provides an energy to put the band that's just amazing when you think that it's 70 years old guys running around for two hours on stage, yeah. it's uh, that's pretty cool
0: mega fan rasmus amazing absolute legend yeah in all the fans we've spoken to i don't think we've ever come across anyone that has been to that many live shows or certainly not anyone that has that much memorabilia we know that because he holds the world record and just someone that's c- c- clearly de- dedicated their whole life to to this band
1: amazing it's, it's just yeah it's it's incredible i mean I've, I've seen some photos and yeah his collection looks looks it looks like a museum I mean, it it basically is a museum, really, isn't it? So I I really hope he opens up his Hard Rock Cafe. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Legend. And what a name as well. I don't know how common the name Rasmus is in Denmark, but that's a badass
1: name. That's a cool name, isn't it? It's a rock star name. Yeah, it's really cool. Maybe eventually he'll he'll buy uh, Iron Maiden's plane when they stop touring. Do they still have the plane? Yeah, they fly the plane. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson actually flies it. No, I think he's... Lo- I, don't, I don't think he's allowed
0: anymore. Because yeah. I think... No, because I think... I, I think I read an article that uh, due to aviation laws, he's over the age... Uh, he's okay. over 60, and that's the maximum age you're allowed to fly a commercial liner for. Oh. So uh, so because Ed Force One is a... Com- oh, I don't know. I can't remember the specifics of it, but yeah, he's not allowed. He he's, doesn't fly Ed Force One anymore. Oh. So I'm not sure if they still... Do they still own it or... I'm I
1: don't sure. know. Well, I hope they do. I mean that's that's joke that's such a cool thing for a band to have their own. That's super cool, yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean again, where's he finding the time to get his like, pilot's license and, and
1: do all this kind of stuff? He was a uh, um he was like a top ten British fencer as well when he was younger. <laughs> yes, I read that as well. I mean this guy is he can't he can do no wrong, can he? No. And when you see him fighting the the eddies on stage, like with a, a sword or a foil, you, know, <laughs> you, you can see you can see all that talent being put to good use. Did I tell you that I, I I saw Bruce Dickinson a couple of years ago at a business conference? No, you didn't. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um, I was at a business conference, and and Bruce Dickinson was the guest speaker. And he came wow. to talk about the uh, the business side of of managing Iron Maiden, and
1: uh, it was it was very
0: much around the beer, about how they set up the beer business and marketed it and yeah everything. And it was really interesting. But he was <laughs> he was a uh, he was one of those speakers like you, you never knew what he was going to say next. And I think the organizers were on the edge of their seat the whole time, really? like terrified that he was going to say something that. They'd have to come out with and go, oh, that was the, that was the views of Bruce Dickinson, not the views of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was he was a good speaker.
1: Yeah, it was a bizarre one. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if the the band members have any sort of um, controversial like uh, grotesque beliefs about anything. I mean, um, they seem pretty wholesome. Yes, but he was. he was definitely dropping some some words that you shouldn't use at a business conference, oh, okay. and um, he was enough. a
0: bit. Yeah, he was a bit wild. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. one thing I remembered um, whilst we were whilst we were recording that I forgot to say at the beginning of the show was something I've also been listening to the last few days uh, and loving it was an album called Argus by Wishbone Ash, which is an album that I don't know how or a band even I don't know how I never discovered it before. So, so Wishbone Ash are a uh, late seventies, I think or oh, oh, not late 70s actually just 70s um it's got a prog rock band i don't think all the stuff they did was that proggy but but this album argus is in, incredibly proggy um and it's just stunning it, it's it's really stunning music really gorgeous landscapes of guitars and it's very of its time very like 70s british prog like it's it's what you expect yeah. but, but it's yeah. very beautiful music really beautiful um and the reason I discovered it was because uh yeah I was reading about Iron Maiden and uh, I think Steve Harris was saying that part of the inspiration of of having multiple guitarists um was from Wishbone Ash and specifically this album Argus had inspired them to, to get that kind of um, that harmonic sound of mm. uh, of two guitarists playing together uh, and so yeah so I started listening to it and yeah, I'm going to be listening to this one a lot over the next few weeks, and um, and learn more about it. It's it's a great record.
1: That's awesome. It's got a cool cover art. The Roman awesome soldier. soldier. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what it says apparently online. They say it's meant to be a Roman soldier, but to me, it looks a lot like Boba
1: Fett. <laughs> Darth Vader with a, with a spear. It could be a Darth Vader yeah, with a red cloak. Yeah. I've got I've got a little story. No, I've got a few stories actually. <laughs> general music news but we did a halloween special um not last year but the year before um where we did lots of spooky stories yeah uh, in music and the stories around uh the number of the beast recording that could have been a good one to do oh i don't know any stories
0: around the number of the beast recording
1: well apparently there's a lot of uh weird goings on in the studio so like um machines turning on and off and and lights flickering and all sorts of weird stuff they didn't know what was going on and the producer martin birch he didn't know what to make of it and then he was in a car accident and he took the car to the garage and they charged him 666 (laughs) pounds and he was he was so freaked out that he insisted that they charged him 667 instead (laughs) i love Um, stories like this
0: I'm glad we didn't mention that last bit on our Halloween episode because we lost all our credit.
1: <laughs> no, that's interesting though, isn't it? Do you not think
0: the the six hundred and sixty six bill for the for the garage sounds tenuous? Mm. Sounds like he was looking for it. But uh, the equipment turning on and stuff and weird happenings in the studio, I'm on board. Definitely
1: I'm on board with, board with that. that. You, yeah. you believe that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. You, need, <laughs> you need to see the receipt first to believe. Yeah, I need to see the receipt for that
0: 666. Yeah. Also, it's you're looking for it, aren't you? I mean, how many other receipts did he receive that day that weren't 666?
1: Well, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, it was a car accident. So that in itself is pretty ominous, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> so this movie, it's like Satan saying, Ha-ha, that was me. I'm not read buying th- it. I'm <laughs> not buying it. Read, read for it what you will. Um, yep. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's these, these opinions, these are the opinions of Matt, not the opinions of Superfan News. <laughs> <laughs> we need one of those little voices that speaks really like, fast. <laughs> I'll chuck a disclaimer at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah good idea. Good idea. You don't want to sue anybody. I have some random pieces of music news, which you may not, may, which, you, which you may or may not leave in the episode.
0: I like it. And I'm also
1: thinking I might uh,
0: create a jingle for future episodes, for Matt's music news,
1: <laughs> you might create a chinkle. Yeah, is it just going to be you going
0: Matt's music news?
1: Might be. You'll have to find out. <laughs> Goodness, Matt's music news. Okay, so I was just watching the Masked Singer, uh, UK, because I'm sad like that, but I find it really entertaining. Uh, the costumes and everything, and I, you you get some decent celebrities i mean they are proper celebrities uh, in the uk anyway mm-hmm. uh, and we've had a, we've, <clears throat> sorry we've had a jacket potato or a baked potato as they say in the states uh with sunglasses and baked beans all over him singing the last few weeks and last week he played guitar really well and we didn't know who it was and today it was revealed that the baked potato was uh, richie sambora from bon jovi <laughs>
0: that's a good one actually that's a good one because i was going to say to you before like when you started talking i was going to say give us a benchmark like because you say oh they're real celebrities i wanted you to give me a benchmark i didn't want to hear davina mccall but no you went richie sambori that's 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 good
1: that's a good that's good isn't it yeah because that's you know that's not one of those obnoxious celebrities who are famous for just being famous. You know that's an actual celebrity who's earned it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. And he takes the the potato off his head and and, you know, he's got this huge body with these big like um fast food boxes on his feet and he's just singing, and it's 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 amazing. It's just so cool. But he but he plays guitar. He played guitar last week. Yeah, he did a really good guitar solo. And really? they said that that was like a first for the mass singer, um, because it's they generally don't play guitar because they've got these like massive rubber hands or tentacles or whatever they have, you know. And he just went for it, so that got. But they talking. must they
0: must have been able to tell from that that he was a professional guitarist.
1: Yeah, but they were they couldn't figure it out because of because of his voice. You know, they were saying things like uh, Elvis Costello um thinking about like guy from status quo they thought it'd be a british guy because it was you know he was a baked potato and the beans and everything and they just assumed it was like a like a british fast food reference but yeah it was richie sambora
0: fantastic and and do they is that a thing because i don't know the master singer that well is the costume supposed to be a reflection of, of who they are in any way the
1: the cost, the costume is like a loose clue, like a very very vague clue to who they mm-hmm. are. I mean, I don't even know what the potato represents. To be honest, I haven't even looked into it. Uh, so if you're a huge Bon Jovi fan, then you would probably tell me, "Oh yeah, the potato means this." Like, you know, John Bon Jovi loves eating potatoes, you know, on stage or something. I don't know. Interesting.
0: Yeah, the other thing is, I mean, bon- I'm not a big Bon Jovi fan, although you know, Crossroads was one of the first CDs I ever owned, frankly enough. Oh, really? Um, uh, but I'm not a massive Bon Jovi fan, uh, so I wouldn't be able to pinpoint Richie's voice. But he does do backing vocals behind yeah, behind John, doesn't he? So
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's
0: decent. Decent singer. Like, that feels to me like... You are getting someone on the Mars singer who is a singer and a guitarist and you get them to sing and play guitar. That seems yeah. like I thought they I thought the mass Singer was like, Oh, you're gonna get like a celebrity who doesn't normally
1: sing. No, they have they have proper singers on there. Like, Do they? Oh, yeah, yeah, real singers. Real singers. Like right. uh just just Stone won it a couple of seasons ago. Really? <laughs> That's yeah. like her her job is singing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but she was uh she was a sausage and chips. Of course. <laughs> what's the, what's the link there <laughs> I don't I haven't really paid attention I think that's <laughs> anyway oh, that's world show that's my first bit of music news and another bit of music news is uh Roger waters has re-recorded Dark side of the moon to his oh. own his own amazing vision
0: I'm not gonna like this am I because he's a bit so, of a silly boy, Roger Waters, isn't he, sometimes? He's a bit of
1: a silly boy. Yeah. It's one way of putting it. Yeah. Because um, he said that he's re-recorded it because not enough people recognise what it's about, what I was trying to say then. Right. Um, this is his quote. I wrote The Dark Side of the Moon, and let's get rid of all this we crap. Of course, we were a band. There were four of us. We all contributed, but this is my project, and I wrote it. So he's he's just trying to, to, to create... Just reinforce wh- to everyone that he's a twat. That's not his intention, but that's what he's doing. He, he's trying to, to create his vision that he intended originally. So I'm, I'm interested to see what that sounds like, because there won't be any guitar solos or any of the other band, basically. It's it's just him doing his thing. I'm not going to not listen to it, but I'm probably not going to enjoy it. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, exactly. I think I think
0: everyone's gonna be intrigued and so it's probably gonna get a lot of listens, but I can't see it being an improvement.
1: No, God no. <laughs> God no.
0: <laughs> he's a silly uh, boy. You're meant to be the subtle one. I'm meant to be the the sledgehammer to the face.
1: <laughs> is, that, is that how it works? That's our dynamic, yeah. That's our dynamic, okay. All right, well Yeah, so he's a silly boy. He's a silly boy. Not oh, Roger. I don't know. All right, he's we've got... mentioned Roger Waters way more than we should have done in this he's episode. He's got a lot of opinions. So, I mean, we used to talk about Kanye a lot. And now, obviously, that's not very um, wholesome to talk about him. So we used to talk about someone else. It's true. We're, we've run out of people to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Can't talk about Kanye.
0: Can't talk about Roger. Can't talk about Marilyn Manson. they oh, are all just assholes. Anyway, music um, news. <laughs> oh, do I need to have like an outro jingle as well? I'll work on that. I think, we've, um, I think we've touched base on absolutely everything that we needed to. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> we've left no stone unturned uh, in this episode. Indeed. So if that is all, then that is all. Um, if you would like to feature on an episode, then please get in touch with us via the contact form on superfannews.net or you can email us at superfancast@outlook.com. At please follow us on Facebook or Twitter to be updated with uh, latest news from from Superfan and subscribe to us on whatever podcast player you choose to use. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, we look forward to joining us again in a few weeks. I know uh, it's not been super on time the schedule lately. Um, there's just a lot going on 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 both our in both our calendars, so um, might be in a few weeks. But uh, please join us again then. Until then, stay safe, keep rocking, and we'll see you next
1: time too,